Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians 4. Um, I'm going to read a different translation this morning, but it's going to be up on the screen in a second. Um, we don't have long, but, you know, being that it is Baptism Sunday, I wanted to share a message um, as a reminder. Everyone say reminder. Um, if you're uh, a part of the, the body of Jesus Christ, you need to get stirred and, and, and spurred on in your faith at times. Amen? Daily, actually, you need to get spurred on. And so um, this message today is going to spur us on. But if you're in the room and you're like, someone, someone uh, tr- tricked me. I'm here at church. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I got here. They said I was going to go to brunch and see something cool happen. Welcome to church. You're here. And uh, we believe this, that God's going to speak to you this morning. And um, we have a message, and then we're going to celebrate here. Um, Ephesians 4. Starting in verse 17, I'd entitled this message, A Changed Life. A Changed Life. Let me say this at the forefront, because it's awesome to be able to play and to watch, to see our people, right? Uh, I, it's just a blessing and to be able to play with these guys. These are some of my best of friends. We've played for a long time. But I sense in the room this morning, let me just say this, and I just want to speak it off of your lives, I guess. A lot of you walked in here full of faith, but some of you I know are, are going through the storm. And you're going through some stuff, and, and I see you kind of doing one of these. Like, I don't know if I can sing today. I don't know if I can lift my hands today. I don't know if I can, I, I can give Jesus some praise today because, man, you don't know what I'm walking through. I, I, I don't know what you're walking through. Heaven knows. But the thing about Jesus is this. If he doesn't do another thing for you, if he does not do another thing for you, he died on a cross called Calvary to save you, to redeem you, to restore you. If he doesn't do another thing for you, you can still walk into the presence of God. And you can lift your hands. And you can shout praises. And you can praise your way through the storm. I said it last week. I said the miracle of the ten leopards, you got to walk sometimes while the miracle's still happening. See, they were healed, but Jesus didn't say, you're healed. Now go. He said, go, and you will be healed. So as they went, the leopard skin just started falling off them. we got to walk through the storm believing in faith that God's going to see us through. If you're a changed person in this room, you believe in Jesus and he saved your life, you have every reason to lift your hands and to praise God. Amen? Amen. Well, they're just super emotional at that church called Oasis Church Chicago. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we love Jesus. He wept. I weep. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 17. It's going to be up on the screen. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. He's speaking to the church, to the church. You with me? It says this. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles, what is that? The people of the world. So if I'm paraphrasing, basically what Paul's saying, hey, hey, people of the faith and anybody else in the room, stop living like the world, right? For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Pause. This is a grace-filled church. Okay? It is never us against them. Three of us said amen. It is never us against the world. It is us for the world. It is Jesus for the world. Right? But Paul is talking to church people here because he's a little disturbed. He's saying, yo, church folks, believers, hey, the world is living that way. Get on track with Jesus' way. Okay? It continues. 
But that isn't what you learned about Christ. But that isn't what you learned about Jesus Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Jesus, this is your word. Today, we bless you. We ask that you will speak to us, that you will have your way continually. God, we thank you for this place. Go with us now. May everything you said and done continually bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I entitled this message, A Changed Life. I, I used to watch a lot of shows on TV, and, and one of them that I was really intrigued by was the show that was when people would do um, life transformations, right? People would go onto these shows, and, and oftentimes they were people that they needed help to see their life transform, right? And it was amazing to watch these shows. I, I, I like seeing people's lives changed. I'm in the business, right? <laughs> people say, what do you do? I say, I'm a builder. They're like, what are you building? The, the faith. They're like, okay, I like seeing people change, right? So I enjoyed those shows. We would watch them together Friday night, ABC, and they would, they would bring people on the show, and the people would be desperate for help. They would say, help me. And the show would go, and these people would be watched over a year time, right? And they would make some dramatic changes. It's awesome. I would be the biggest cheerleader for them. They should have hired me for the show to just be like, come on, let's go, like every day. I would have brought Nick with me, the hype man. He said lit. Love you. That's true. But, but you know what's crazy is they would celebrate these people, and these people would feel like they had a, a, a backing behind them, pushing them, spurring them, pushing them forward, right? So they would keep going in the journey. A year passes, the show is over, right? But what they don't talk about, and I was recently reading an article online, and it showed some people that had been on the show. And see, what has happened is, is after the, the, the feels wear off, after the people pushing them to do more, after the, 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 I feel good, I got people supporting me, I got people pushing me, after that all ended, they went back to their former way of living, unfortunately. It's nothing to judge them. You know what it does to me? It breaks my heart for them. Right? They had this amazing opportunity. They had this amazing chance. They took a hold of the chance. They walked into it. They did a year of, of just complete transformation. And the moment the feels wear off, they went back to their normal self. They went back to their former way of self. This is us. Right? This is me. When the feels, everybody loves the feels, right? Yeah. We love the feels. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. We love it, right? We love the I love the presence of God, right? But what happens when you walk out into this place called Chicago? <laughs> welcome to the city. And the world hits you. And you got to actually forget the feels and start walking in faith. See, what happens? What happens when you don't have the, the, the cheering of people behind you? When you don't have people telling you you're doing great, I believe that we should celebrate constantly in this church. But we, if you believe it in your heart that Jesus saved you, died for you, rose again three days later for you, you are a changed life. The old is gone. The new has come. And today, 
I believe this is going to spur our faith a little bit. You with me this morning? We're going to walk in the changed life. We're going we're gonna to be people of faith that don't need the feels, that don't need the pastor, give me the good sermon, or I'm not coming back to that church. No, I come to church because God's presence is in the church. I don't care if the worship's bad or the preacher's terrible. I'm going to meet Jesus face to face. You're like, what did he take today? <laughs> no, this is the truth of the gospel. See, when you get changed from the inside out, when you get changed from the inside out, you don't desire, you don't want, you don't want to touch what you used to touch because the goodness of God is so good. It tastes so good that you say, hey, listen, I don't need the feels. I got faith in Jesus, and Jesus is for me, not against me. He is behind me. He's in front of me. We're going to walk day after day after day. A changed life lives this way. A changed life does this. But we got to make a heart decision this morning. We gotta look at our hearts because see, you walked in here, you're like, man, I haven't been walking this way, Jesus. You, uh, JP, this feels this feels a little condemning. Good news about Jesus, his mercy is new every day. You didn't walk this way yesterday, today you can start walking in it. Today you start living in it. I don't care if you've been in the faith for 50 years or five minutes. You got saved during worship. It don't matter. You can say today, his mercy is new every single day, and I'm gonna start walking in the thing called a changed life. Jesus has changed my life. He's changed my life, and I know he's changed many people in this room. So if he's changed your life, let's start walking in the life that he has changed us. Amen? Amen? Today, if we're going to walk in the changed life, we have to first locate where we are. We have to second decide to bury the old self. And third, we got to put on the new self. So first and foremost, we got to locate where we are today. Each and every one of us. we got to locate it. we got to bury it. Hello. Bury that mug six feet under the ground, and we got to put on the new self. we got to put on the new self. The first thing is this. Where's your self? Where is your self? This is a question for you today. This was a question for me this week as I was discovering. Where is JP's self? Better yet, where is my heart? Where is my heart, soul, mind postured? Where am I found Today, you know, I said it in a prayer meeting, right? I said that the technology today is insane. Insane. You know, you can drop a pin uh, uh, somewhere on your phone, on the maps, the Google Maps, and you can see where someone's at. Last night, my buddy Chris, who's here with us playing the keys, just serenading us all amazingly. It's beautiful. He's, I said, where are you? It's 11 o'clock. I'm trying to go to bed, bro. And he just, like, sends me this little pin thing on my phone. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Just answer the question. <laughs> like 35, 40 minutes, hour. He's like, just check the pin drop. I'm like, check the pin drop. I opened that thing. I opened up the picture. I could follow him on the road. Oh, I'm a millennial. I should know this stuff. It's crazy, right? You can track. I, I know Jordan. He, he's got an app. He tracks his wife everywhere she goes. I'm like, Jordan, what are you doing? That's him. I'm like, what are you watching your phone for? He's like, I'm finding my wife. I'm like, finding your wife? Maybe she doesn't want to be found by you right now. <laughs> But it's crazy, right? I remember we were driving to Florida one time. Many times we drove to Florida, but there was there was a time I, I remember, and, and we had this big van. We jumped in the van, and we started driving, and I got the role of being the passenger, right? The the, the co-pilot. And my dad had a map. He's like, open up the map. I opened up the map. He's like, where are we? I was like, I'm seven. 
If you're going to ask me where we are, we're in trouble. It's crazy, though. Imagine, this is just a side note. Everyone's, like, driving, texting. It's really dangerous. Don't do it. But we had maps. People were reading the maps as they were driving. How is that not any different? Like, yeah, we're good. We're good, I think. But it's crazy. We can drop locations. We can see where we're at today. But how often are we checking where our heart is at today? How often are we checking where our faith is at today? Are we just waking up, uh, just like, oh, we're here another day? No, every day is a gift. Every day has amazing things in store for you. You believe this or you don't. You walk in this or you don't. It's a gift. I'm learning this. That even the days that I know that are going to be rough, I know what's ahead on my schedule. You can look at my calendar. I'm like, this is going to be a tough day. But guess what? It's it's a beautiful day outside. Because Jesus is with me. Where is your soul today? If you ask that question, are you pleased with the answer? Is heaven pleased with that answer? Would Jesus be happy with where your soul's at today? Are you running after the things of this world like Paul was talking about? The, the, the lusts of the flesh, the desires of this world. Are you, are you seeking after the things of this world? Or are you saying, no, my heart is found in Jesus. My pin is dropped in heaven. Who? I want my pin of my location to be dropped in heaven. In Jesus, in his throne room. You know, we got access to the throne room of grace. If there's one thing my parents taught me was we have access to the throne room of grace. We don't got to go through some man. We don't got to pray the right prayers. Jesus, I'm here. Speak to me. I love you. We're there. We're there. See, shame, condemnation, all that stuff that you put your lives through, I put myself through, keeps you from that. But the moment you say Jesus' name, it all falls off. And you got access. Your pin is dropped in heaven. I don't have much longer. It's either dropped in the world or it's dropped in the worthy king. Your pin is either dropped in the world or it's dropped in the worthy king. See, here's what this does. you got to decide today. And this is going to be, oh, you're a hip, cool church. Don't say what you're about to say. See, Jesus says in Revelation something. He says, hey, my church. Either be hot or cold. Hot or cold. This lukewarm stuff, he says he spits it out of his mouth. My prayer for you this morning, that you would not be found lukewarm, that your soul, where it is located this morning, would not be found in complacency, would not be found in this world, would not be found in your friend's relationships or your boyfriend or your girlfriend's relationship. Where your soul would be found is fire with Jesus. See, if you're going to just live in the middle, just go to the cold side. Just go. I tell guys all the time, I tell some guys when I mentor them down at the university, they're like, I'm not ready for Jesus yet. I'm like, good, then don't. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, yeah, do it just halfway. Because if you do it halfway, you're only getting half of Jesus. And guess what? If he's not the Lord of all, he's the Lord of nothing at all. So guess what? you got to drop your pin in heaven or just leave it in the world. Today you... Me, us, this is us, we're family. Where's your soul? Where's it dropped? Come on, I'm with her. We'll go take on this city, me and you, mama. I love it. She knows. See, but you know what's crazy? You all are like, Tom, can you stop saying amen? 
She knows where her soul is. See, when people know what they've been saved from, when people have been saved from much, they don't need anything else. They have everything. So they can find their soul to be located in Jesus Christ. Where is your soul today? So the second question then you got to ask yourself, right? If your soul's in the, the world or your soul's in heaven, if either or, right? You got to bury the old self. You got to bury it. You can't pick it back up. I do it, right? I do it. But you're the pastor. I still pick it up sometimes because I want to be the captain of my own ship. I want to take control. I want to have the reins. But what Paul is saying to church people is, hey, bury it. Bury it. Leave it. Don't pick it up. Don't go back to it. Stop sniffing for it. Just leave it. It's dead. You ever smell a dead body? Some of you are like, yeah. It ain't smell good at all. No. Does not. But the thing about it is this is hard. This is hard. See, today we got to bury the old self. Well, JP, if I bury the old self, I want Jesus still. I want this still. I want to I wanna be together. But if I bury my old self, I'm going to lose some friends. I'm going to lose some relationships. I'm going to lose out on some things in life that I know that I want to enjoy. See, here's a story for you. Here's your story. I got saved as a senior in high school, uh, college. Uh, my parents prayed me through a lot. I should not be standing here. They prayed me through a lot. I remember I'd be home from breaks and my mom would be praying for me. I'd be like, stop praying for me. Please, conviction of the Holy Spirit fell on my life. I'd be out. She'd text you, praying for you. Stop texting me, please. Parents in the room, let me say this. Intercede for your kids, okay? But I remember when the grace of God grabbed a hold of my life, I was a senior, and it happened in a moment. I remember this moment like it's the best day of my life. It was a brand new day. It wasn't a second chance. God is not a God of second chance. He's a God of brand new, a changed life. So it was a changed life for me in that moment. Did I have it all together? Do I still? This is called a journey. But in that moment, in that moment, in that moment, I realized something. I'm either going to go all in as best as I could by the grace of God or I'm going to leave or I'm going to choose to go back to what I used to do. You know, when you get a revelation in something, you get tested in that right away. So I got tested, right? My buddy called me. Some of you know this story. Apologize for the personal story, but this is true. He called me that next Friday. It was the house. Everybody knows the house, right? It was the house. And he said, hey, Jay. Now, mind you, I was in this kid's wedding. I was best friends with him. I met him at orientation. He was one of my best of friends. I was in his, I was standing up and in his wedding. That's an honor, right? And he said, hey, 7 o'clock, let's do this. And I remember to this day, he said, hey, bro, I can't come. What? You got something going on? No, man, I just, you know, I just can't. I can't do this. I can't come. I love you guys. It's nothing against you guys, but, you know, something's different in me. It's not I'm better than you. It's not that I have it all together than you. I just can't go back to that life. I can't keep living the way that I was living. I got to do something different because my life is, you know, and I'm going down, and he, he stops and then proceeds to just chew me out on the phone for the next two and a half, three minutes long. He called me every name under the sun. He called me every name. He said, forget you. See you later. Don't speak to me. You're not invited to my home. You're not invited to, to talk to me. When you see me on the campus, don't speak to me. This is my best friend. Mind you, I'm not better than anybody in this room, but this is truth. 
I had to say, hey, I'm not going to forfeit my soul for some man. I'm going to serve the king of kings that saved my soul. And so, just can come play. And so, I said that to him, right? And he, he proceeded to not speak to me for another two and a half years. Oh, God's grace is good. He, he'll draw people back. No, sometimes it's a process, and sometimes it just takes some time, but you got to stand faithful. you got to stand true. And I stood true. And two and a half years later, he calls me. He says, JP, tears. Pray with me. I'm done. I'm done. I've been running. My marriage is a mess. He had one of the best marriages that I saw. My marriage is a mess. I'm going to lose out my wife. I want to see this through. I don't want to have this life. And I prayed with the man. And he is serving Jesus to this day. His marriage was restored. They're doing amazing things. But guess what? This isn't about JP. This is about the grace of God. I had to make a decision. You all have to make a decision today. Do you want to bury the old self? The disciples went back to being fishermen. They went back to being fishermen. Jesus was with them, called them to great things, walked with them. You know what this shows me? The grace of God. That they were like, oh, Jesus is gone. What do we do? We go back to what we used to do. And then he shows up to them. He's like, yo, (laughs) homies, what are you doing? Did I not show you? (laughs) And they had to get a heart check. See, this isn't condemning anybody in this place. What this is is a heart check in this place today. See, we got to bury the old self. we got to leave it when the, when the desires of the flesh, when you really experience the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. we got to let go and let God be. If you're worried about people, if you're worried about your, your family, it's hard, right? Your family's not going to like you. Your family's going to, but guess what? Your family's going to call you one day. And they're going to say, hey, tell me what you got. Because what we have is not working. So will you bury it? And if you bury it this morning, if you decide today, just like the disciples had to decide again, we're going to bury our old life. We're going to leave the fishing nets. We're going to leave the boats. We're going to leave it. This is Baptism Sunday. Many in this room today are making that decoration of we're leaving the old life. We're being forgiven. We're being washed. We're being cleansed. We're leaving it. Then leave it. Day after day, and if you pick it back up, then get back to the feet of Jesus and leave it again. But if if today you're going to choose to see your soul located in heaven, and you're going to bury the old self, you got to put on the new self daily. I received Jesus when I was 12 years old. I don't need to do anything else. Guys, this is a faith walk, a faith journey. This isn't... Here, we're good. Let's live like whatever. No, this, the scriptures talk about time and time and time again. Yo, put on the new self because the old self wasn't working for you. You know, oftentimes we're putting on the things of yesterday when they should have, be left, should, have been, should have been left off. We're wearing yesterday's clothes. You know, in soccer, um, I want to close with this. We're going to hear from somebody special here this morning. But, you know, in soccer, in college, we were, we were able to receive... Um, Preseason, we got all of our uniforms and our practice gear and everything, and we got like four packs of practice clothes. So we had T-shirts, shorts, socks, cleats, right? Four of them, right? That's all we had for the whole year. We had a hoodie. We had everything else. But for practice itself, that's all we had. And so I come in as a freshman, dumb, right? 
just looking up to the wise men that are in the, the room. And then they would say to me, JP, just wear one of them. Wear one of them. What do you mean one of them? Just wear one of them. Don't pick up the other three. Just wear the one, right? Wear it. But guys, we have practice four times a day. Four times a day in the heat in October or August. Four times. You want me to wear this thing four times and then wear it day after day after day? Yeah, that's what we do here. Now, I'm Mr. Clean. <laughs> I wash my clothes about twice a week. You want me to do what? You want me to wear this thing? This thing is like, you pull it out of the locker room, it just stood up by itself. Like the shirt. I was like, snap, what? And they would say, just do it. Because we don't want to wear out the other four, because you're going to need the other four as the years go on, as the year goes on. And I remember that so vividly. I'm like, why did we not just wear all four and just wash every four? We had managers that did our laundry for us. It wasn't like I had to go do my laundry. I gave it to a young woman or young guy. It was like, do my laundry. But we decided to wear the same thing every day for a week. Why? When I had new clothes sitting right in front of me in the locker room, packaged up, ready to go. Because someone told me. Someone told me. And I listened. You know why we don't put on the new self? Because your mind is telling you not to. Your mind is telling you not to do it. Don't pick up that new self. It's not good. Jesus isn't for you. He can't do anything for you. It's all a lie. It's all fake. It's all just feels, right? I don't believe that about Jesus. I'm going to leave my old self, and I'm going to pick myself up. See, the difference in what changes you is this. How you become a new person, how you put on, is this making sense? How you put on the new self is this. Simply this, and we're going to close. Simply this. This is how you put on the new self. By transforming and renewing of your mind daily. Oh, tell us, tell us, tell us more, Pastor. We need a formula. We need, we need the step-by-step -step process. How am I going to leave the old self? You know how you're going to leave the old self? By transforming and renewing your mind daily. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Every day you got to go before the feet of Jesus and you got to say, Jesus, I'm here. Renew my mind. Change my heart. Make me like you. Make me closer to you. Put me in right standing with you every single day. I don't care what happened yesterday. Your mercies are new today. So put me here in your presence and change me. Change my thoughts. Change my vision. Some of you prayed that prayer this week. And watch what happens. Change my vision. Change the way that I look at things. Change the way that I hear things. Change the way that I speak things. But you know where it all comes from? If we're going to be changed people, we've got to have a changed mind. In order to have a changed mind, you've got to get alone with the one that can change your mind. See, we run for all different opinions and things and insight from all different people, and it's not bad, but we've got to go to the one that can change our mind. I'm going to invite a friend up here right now. Brian is a, a great man, a friend, a dear friend. His story is powerful. And we're going to see all the baptismal videos here in a second. But I wanted him to share because, you know, stories and testimonies are amazing, right? We overcome the evil one by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony, right? And I want to spur, like I said, us on in our faith. I met Brian Six months, seven months ago. Seven months ago, through a, through a sequence of events, crazy events. We met him and Lauren, who's here. We met them in just a, a way that was just nuts. 
right? Uh, and uh, can I share? Can I share? Is that cool? Cool. Um, real quick, car accident happened. We had some people from our church have a car accident, right? They had kids in the car. Three of the kids got taken to three different hospitals along with their families. Doug and Stacy. And Doug called me and said, hey, can you go to this hospital with Rachel and to be with one of the girls that we didn't really know. We just met her on that Sunday. It was that next day. They were flying back to college. So Rachel and I just go in to go visit with this girl, be with this girl. Her family's in Texas, right? And so we're there. And we meet Warren. And Warren's there and starts talking to us. And we hit off. Long story short, her brother plays soccer where I play, or coach soccer where I was coaching soccer. Next thing you know, we're like, hey, we got a church in the city. She's like, oh, I, have a ch- I want to come visit. And then she brings Brian with her, who Brian lived in Bridgeport for 10 years of his life. Lived here, moved to the suburbs, came back then for church. I'm going really fast. Are you with me? Your brains? See, renew your mind. Just stay with the mind. Right? Right? Brian comes then to service, leaves a Sunday morning service, goes to have uh, brunch, and balls his eyes out on Maxwell Street and feels like God is calling him back to the city, gets a call the next day from a buddy back in Bridgeport. Am I saying, making this right? Just butt in if I'm not. Be like, Pastor, you're exaggerating the story, as many pastors do. He gets a call and says, hey, Brian, you got a, we got an apartment back here in the city for you. You got a night to the side. A night to the side. Yeah, you got one night to the side. Do you want to move back? Brian says, yes, I'm moving back to the city. Clicks, hangs up the phone. Brian's back here in the city. This is the scandalous grace of Jesus Christ, right? But there's more. There's more. And I, wanna, I want Brian just for a quick second. Share, share who you were. Share that old self. And then, and then I'm going to have you share how that old self got buried. Share, share your story if you can real quick. So, um, yep, white light, yep, you good? Nope. Check, check. So, uh, like, like Pastor was saying, um, you know, I used to wake up every day in high school um, wanting to kill myself. And I was 16 years old the first time that I tried to do that. And uh, uh, I was drinking a lot. I started doing a lot of drugs. And um, I was living a life for myself. And I was living a life that was paralyzed by fear. And I was chasing something that I had no idea that God could only fulfill. I had this hole inside of me. But I was told that if only the right people liked me, that if I wore the right clothes, that if, that if, I played the right sports or, or whatever, you know, anything of the world, that I, that, that'd be all right. And, and, and every time I got that, it never worked. And, and so it started off just with a weekend party and, and just wanting to fit in. And, and, and long story short, my life would quickly spin out of control. And, and my mother's tears couldn't get me sober. Uh, fear of going to jail couldn't get me sober. And I'd be arrested in, in, in uh, drinking and driving and in, in, and eventually I got hooked on heroin. And um, I woke up every day hating who I was. And I woke up every day in shame and guilt, thinking that there's nothing that, that, that could bring me back from this. That there's, I just, I was done. I was gone. And in January of 2008, I was in the garage and I had had enough and I was on house arrest and I'd been drinking and I'd been drinking and I decided today was going to be the day that I'm going to kill myself and I stood up on the stool and I wrapped the dog leash around my neck and God saved me that day. Come on. I didn't do anything to deserve that. In the next nine, ten years, I would search and I would search and I would search and I came to know Jesus last year in a parking lot at 2 a.m. On, G- on July 27, 2017. 
and I did nothing, and I did nothing to deserve it then, I don't do anything to deserve it now. There's nothing that you've ever done in your life. Sexual impurity, I don't care. Selfishness, lying. I used to steal from my mother to get drugs. It does not matter. God loves you. Powerful, right? But here's, here's what's incredible. He's going to share one more thing. Brian was in a parking lot <laughs> in an ambulance because he's now an EMT paramedic. He's saving people that have done this. Um, this is the story of God's grace, right? And, and what's amazing is God is pursuing each and every one of you. He's running after you. He ran after him so hard that he reached him in a, in a, sitting in your, par, in your ambulance at 2 a.m. in the morning, saved you, transformed you. And Brian radically encountered God. And then, you know, his story's crazy. I'm going to give him a minute just to share this real quick, and we're going to watch the baptism video. He said that, you, you said that you immediately just knew. You knew that there was more to do. There was more to do. He knew that he received Jesus, but you had to take the next step and, and share with them what that next step was. So I was, I was, it was 2 in the morning, and I was in a bad place, and I was in a parking lot at work, and I wasn't in the ambulance. I was actually pacing back and forth, chain-smoking cigarettes, right? <laughs> Just mad, mad at the world, and, 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 and wondering why, God, why, God, why, God, all this, you know, and, and, and in the snap of a finger, I, I met Jesus. And, and I knew it was him because it was a feeling, because it was compassion, it was love, it was, and, and not just for me, but for others. For the first time in my life, I did not have to live in the anger or the resentment. I didn't, I, as if forgiveness had fallen over me, the grace of God, I finally understand what it was not like to live in conviction or condemnation, but actually to live in the love and the grace of God. And when I was able to live in the love and the grace of God, I could expel that to my brothers and sisters. And I felt that for the first time in my life, and I knew it was Jesus. And I had to get baptized. I knew it. I don't know why I knew it. I didn't learn it. I, yeah, I, I grew up Catholic, man. We get baptized when we're infants, and we're good. You know what I'm saying? But I knew, but I knew for real that I, something had to happen, and, and it was part of uh, a different church at the time, and, and, and so I pushed, and I pushed, and I got baptized. And I want to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to watch a video about everyone getting baptized, and we're going to celebrate and continue the party, amen? But I believe that there's some people here in this morning that really have allowed the Spirit of God to speak to them this morning to locate where their soul is today. Maybe you've never received Jesus, or you have, and you've wandered, and you've lost the wonder of Jesus. This morning, this is an opportunity, and people have been praying. People are praying in the back. They're praying for us right now. And I, and I believe that this moment today is a moment for us to lay the old self, to bury the old self, and to pick up the new self. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I want to give you a moment and opportunity to pray a prayer. 